Blog Talk Radio. Good 
afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Our Own Voices Live. Today, we just have a simple show. It's titled, Merry Christmas and Happy Kwanzaa. And hopefully, you know what both of those mean. With Merry Christmas, what does actually Christmas mean to you? Whatever the religious associations it may have, and that's fine if that's what it means to you. But in general, what does Christmas mean to you? Is it such thing really as the Christmas spirit? And if so, do you have it? Should it just be at Christmas time? Hmm. Something to think about, maybe. And then, of course, Happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is a celebration started for the African-American community to help connect them with their roots. Do you practice Kwanzaa? Do you know what Kwanzaa is? Do you practice Kwanzaa just during the seven days? Or is Kwanzaa something that is practiced yearly, day by day? Really interesting to hear your take on that. Well, Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 p.m. for those East Coast listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't know what time that is for our African listeners because it spreads many time zones. But big shout-out to all the listeners from Africa today. I guess I need to be on top of it because we are talking about something that ties us to the motherland. May not be perfect, may not be 100%. But it is something to help build a culture. Oftentimes I hear people say, well, the African-American doesn't have a culture. Well, I differ when they say that we do not have a culture. And even if we did not, I would still say, okay, well, let's make one. Let's build it. After all, isn't that one of the principles of Kwanzaa, creativity? We are the most creative people that ever walked the earth because everything on the earth, one way or the other, somehow originated with us. 347-826-9600, would love to get your take on Christmas, Kwanzaa. Is it just holidays where you spend money, where you have some libation. What is Christmas? What is Kwanzaa? What should Christmas be? What should Kwanzaa be? We're going to dig into maybe some of all of that with your help, because after all, this show is here for you. And thank you so much for joining us. Our Own Voices Live, actually the spinoff of Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine. Our Own Voices Live is our way of helping to build the greatest community in the history of the earth to unite us, one man to another, one woman to another, one man to one woman, however it is to you, something that will bring us closer than what we are. And the way we do it is this with shows like Our Own Voices Live. It is with print and digital magazines like Our Own Voices, and of course it is with activities like this January we will have our annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. candlelight vigil, January 16th 
outlet to Dr. King's statue locally here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And one of the unique things about the celebration here, did, did you know that there is just 99 cities that have a street named after Dr. King and maybe 22 locations that have a monument, a statue to Dr. King? Well, in Las Vegas, not only do we have a street, but we also have a statue on the street. Yes, I'm bragging a little bit about it because who would have thought in Las Vegas? But, yes, in Las Vegas, we celebrate the man. And every year, our, the Our Own Voices team goes out and we have a candlelight vigil to recognize our king, as in Christmas. For those religious folks, it's to recognize their king, their messiah, their savior. They called his name Emmanuel. We're going to talk about that. And then in the 60s, Dr. Karinga thought that we needed to have something more befitting an American to tie us back to the motherland. And he came up with the concept of Kwanzaa and its seven principles and the various activities associated with the ceremony. Not to replace Christmas, he said, but something that, if anything, to augment, but also something that the African-American can have clean as his and her own. Well, of course, you know that no thing we do on earth is ever as full of a thing as it can be without the help of others. I often say God did not put, or whatever it is that you believe in, did not put 7 billion people on earth for us to be alone. In order for us to thrive, we have to have someone else. Dr. Dr. Maslow's hierarchy of needs talks about the belonging need, and don't estimate the power of that belonging need because we all need to belong to something. It is an old saying, no man is an island. No man is an island. Of course, in modern terms, no man, no woman is an island. The concept is no one is an island. So in order to do our own voices live, there are people that help and support the program. Big shouts out to all of you out there because, you know, sometimes you wonder if you're by yourself. And it's good that I get the email. Thank you. I like the text. Thank you. I like the Facebook post, thank you. And by the way, for those of you who want to follow along or post comments or questions, you can go to Our Own Voices Live on Facebook and post a question. We'd love to hear what it is. And you can find Our Own Voices all over the place. Obviously, we're here on Blog Talk Radio. We're OurOwnVoices.com. We're Our Own Voices on Twitter. Our Own Voices on Facebook. Our Own Voices on YouTube. Yes, our own voices in Google Plus and Pinterest. And it's nothing else, just those three words, our own voices. We all have a voice, and we want to help exercise that voice today. A little news uh, being made. Uh, today we have the Democratic political debate, and we just had the fifth Republican uh, presidential campaign debate. Some people say, eh, 
It was a dud, but we had it nevertheless. And this afternoon, we're going to have the Democrats give it a shot. And it'll be very interesting to see what, well, as I was saying to you earlier, this show is not the show with just me because it takes two of us, as with most things on this earth. Some of those things quite good, I may add. But today I hope this show is good to you too because we're talking about topics that should be dominant in your mind today, and that is Christmas and Kwanzaa. Of course, my co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas, the one who makes this thing happen with me. Good afternoon, Angela. How are you? Hey, Rodney. I'm doing good. Season's greetings. Feliz Navidad. Uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> How many more times? Happy Hanukkah. I, I don't know any other languages. <laughs> Merry Just Christmas. Ha- happy everything. Because, you know, this is a season, even though it goes by various names, whether we're talking Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, any of those names. It, it does tend to sort of funnel down into this is family time. More than anything yeah. else, for many people, it's, it's family time. And this season, these holidays give us a chance to focus on family. So what, what do you have going on with your family for this Christmas season, Angie? Well, you know, we're part of the blackout. So we've been really just focusing on um, – you know, getting back to the important stuff, the reconnections, the the uh, time, time. You know, this year was an interesting year for us all nationally with national issues, but, you know, just personally, the issue of time. I, I, I really have become aware of how precious it is. So this this season this season of giving and, and uh, love and tight and good tidings is about time for me. Spending quality time. Time is one of the things that we often take for granted and it is always ticking. It is the one one thing, unless you have some type of quantum stuff going on, that keeps going. That doesn't really slow down. It just keeps moving along. Whether we go along with it, it's going. Whether you go on kicking or screaming or gliding through, that's right. <laughs> and here's the thing. Once it's gone, you don't get it back. It's gone. You're not getting a refund. That's right. It's already spent. So in a lot of ways, you know, you can get a refund or return or or redeem almost everything else, but nobody can uh, – give you that time back. You know, Angela, speaking of time, I was looking at a meme and it was talking about uh, fathers and some other things. And one of the things that it had on the meme is one of the most important things that a father, and I'm going to just go even further and say that a parent can give to their child. And I know we're in the Christmas season, a time of giving of things. But this meme actually made a very good point, and it said that one of the most precious things, it might have been the number one thing that you could give to your child is time. Time. Four-letter word. That's it's, a good word. To some people, maybe a bad word, but time. I, I think back on when my kids were little, and, I, I, you know, how fortunate I was to not – 
you know, not have to spend so much time away from them. Of course, I worked and, you know, did a lot of things outside my household, but I was really uh, pleased to be able to have those quality moments when, you know, when my presence was required. And even when my presence wasn't required, but just having the time to go up to the school and, you know, take pizza or treats or whatever, uh, or uh, attend an assembly or those all too important teacher parent conferences, pick up the grades and, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, karate, you know, I think about uh, my time as an as a ATM and a ride. It was, you know, it's all precious moments. And as I watch my little grandkids coming up, um, my my daughters and my son moving into their various phases of parenting, I, I'm I'm really reminded this year of how important time has been. As a, you know, I said a mini broadcast celebrating my 25th year of marriage, and we just look at all of the uh, things we've been able to accomplish. My husband reminded me this morning, you know we've been married over 13 million minutes, woman. I think you know me <laughs> he by now. down to the minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. He all, you know what? Throughout our marriage, he has always been like the timekeeper. Hey, babe, you know, today, just random times throughout the year, he'll remind me how much time we've spent together and you know just how happy he is about that and and you know that's just kind of a weird little little thing but uh, you know it it is um important to just take a moment and and be grateful for the time everybody don't get it and you don't know when it's going to end either you don't know when your time yeah, is up so you you got to you got to make the most out of what you what you have, and you know, don't don't beat yourself up too much about the mistakes, because that's wasting time. Because uh, there's nothing you can do about Ooh, it. Say that better the next time. It's wasting time. You don't beat yourself up too much about the mistakes. We can't, because you're wasting time. And you know, it's just more important to focus on being more success successful at it the next go round. If you are so fortunate to have a second chance. Mm. Angela, you just spoke some, I mean, the words themselves were plain and they were simple words. They weren't the, they weren't those 10 cent words, but what you just said is a gift. And as we are in this gift giving season of Christmas, because it's celebrating the gift for those religious folks that was given to them by their God, and it's regardless of almost whatever Abrahamic religion you believe in, most of them believe that mm-hmm. there was a Jesus, uh, a Christ that was born on that day, and for some it was their Savior, their Messiah. For others it was their prophet, their their holy man, their great imam, goes by many different titles, but he he represented the gift really the gift of life and maybe even to a certain extent, like you said, the gift of time. And how often do we mm-hmm. spend, as, or as you say, waste time, and I believe that's more accurate, spend is, can be used to because you are expending energy, you are spending something. Uh, you're transferring mm-hmm. something that you have for something that you no longer have. And as you say, right. waste, 
So how much do we spend wasting time instead of utilizing the time that we have to move forward? As an example, I'm utilizing time and technology to broadcast from my house today so that I can listen to Christmas music 24-7 and look at this Christmas tree. (laughs) There's no gifts under the Christmas tree, but I do have a Christmas tree because I Mm -hmm. actually like it. Uh, I like Christmas time because of the season and what it represents. I am not a big decorator. Thank goodness I have some folks who look after me and take care of that every year because they know how much (laughs) I enjoyed the season. I actually, Angela, now I got my TV. And my TV, I got got the surround sound on. And you know what it's on? Mm -hmm. Using technology, Pandora, I've never used it before, found me something where I can play soulful holiday radio is what it's called. So I got nonstop soul Christmas songs playing. And it's going to be like that probably until the new year. That's it. I love this time of year. You know, I've really uh, utilized a couple of my streaming memberships uh, over the holiday season as well. I have uh, Tidal and I have uh, Apple, Apple, you know, whatever their streaming service is. And I really have been enjoying the Christmas music myself. It's so nice and relaxing. You know, they ought to uh, lead the channel up uh, 24-7. Uh, 365 because it's I you know I just can't believe how relaxing it is. Well, I I enjoy the music. I enjoy the feeling that it gives me, and that's one reason why I like having the decoration up. Now I realize that some people say you can feel this way all year long, and they're probably you right. <laughs> but I don't, and that's just the reality of it. But it's this time of the year, it gives me an opportunity to focus on those thoughts, on those feelings. It's almost like renewal. And then, of course, right on the heels of Christmas, we have our holiday, and that's Kwanzaa, our celebration. Before we go into Kwanzaa, I I just want to ask this one question because I know you do this particularly every year. You add a new uh, holiday CD to your vast Christmas music collection. What did you add this year? And then I'm going to tell you what I added this year, so maybe you might want to try it with your Pandora. Well, actually, th- this year was a little different for me, Is and that is what I added, was Pandora became my okay. Christmas CD addition this year because, Angela, when you talk about Christmas CDs, I got CDs. I got CDs. A day. And <laughs> yes, all kinds of things. There is no other music genre that comes close to the amount of Christmas CDs that I have. I could probably put Christmas CDs in and play Christmas CDs for pretty close, and I'm going to say at least a couple of weeks, 24-7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so well, Pan- I Pandora bought- is what it is this time. I got I, I got this year in my streaming service uh, big band holiday. It's Wynton Marcellus and the uh, jazz ensemble at at the uh, jazz the the center that he's over in New York. The um, 
Rockefeller Jazz Center. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. If you haven't tried it, please look it up. It's called Big Band Holiday. So nice. Really. Uh, Angela, remember I told you about that Christmas CD collection? See, I wasn't joking when I said I got Christmas CDs today. Bam. Got it. (laughs) You got to add this one. This was really, it's going to really put you in the holiday spirit even more. The jazz band is swinging, as Winston Marcellus would say, and it is just so nice to hear just some up-tempo, good music played by human beings with instruments. Amazing. You know, Angela, speaking of Christmas songs, and I know you, you like that one, but do you actually, has that become your favorite Christmas CD or Christmas album? And do, and if not, what is, and do you have a favorite or a few favorite Christmas songs? Definitely have some favorite uh, Christmas songs. It's not Christmas until I hear Donny Hathaway. Mary, um uh, yes. Hang on the mistletoe. I I can't even begin to get into the Christmas spirit until I hear that song. So that one and probably Nat King Cole's uh, White Christmas, amazing. Uh, It's not the holidays. So you hear that that chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Look, it's not Christmas until I hear those two songs. So I would say those two. Nipping at your nose. Absolutely. You being sung it is by Christmas. a choir. All right, now, I'm trying to get listeners. I'm not trying to run them away. <laughs> I'm but telling I you, I it's not the holiday. It. I couldn't. Right. You know, it and you know that, you automatically that, that, there, right? You know, and it took me back because when I was in high school, me and another guy that I used to play blackjack with up in the cafeteria doing lunchtime, trying to make a little money. That was the other side of me back in the day. That was the other side. (laughs) But he he was a dealer. You can imagine what my job was. And uh, (laughs) during Christmas, we would give up card thing that we had in the cafeteria. It was on the seventh floor. I believe it was well, it was either the southeast corner or the northeast corner. I mean, it's been a bunch of years since I was in high school now. But he and right. I would walk around singing that song, the Christmas song by Nat Kinko. That's what we would do. Yeah. Walk around the school in between class. Cause I, think, I think he had like five minutes in between classes. It was four or five minutes, uh-huh. and we would walk around singing the Christmas song and the Nat King Cole version of the Christmas song. It's Love amazing. It. It's not the holiday until I hear those two songs. And this, you know what? Every every Christmas, probably my my Christmas my favorite Christmas CD changes. Right now, I'm really rocking that big band holiday with Winston Marcellus. It makes me think of my uncle, who's a trumpet player, um, and it just makes me think of my family because music was such a big part of our holiday season. Um, from the latest 
um, hit that that was you know out at the time and uh, to the to the you know the great um, legends doing those hallmark Christmas songs. Music was all around me um, during the holiday season. So there you have it. The the songs really put me in the mood for Christmas. It is yeah. something about hearing them. Uh, for for me and my family, uh, the old Negro spirituals is something that was very uh, common for us to play. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite songs uh, is uh, one by uh, Mahaya Jackson. And uh, yeah. I just loved her singing in general, and her Christmas songs just just did something to me. So I, I have Mahaya Jackson's Christmas uh, CD. I believe that's one of your homegirls. I believe she was a Chicagoian for a while anyway. Yeah. And yep. uh, I, I yep. love hearing her, her sing Christmas songs. She had such a beautiful uh, instrument. Her voice was just incredible, never never duplicated. So I, it's not much that I don't enjoy uh, hearing from Mahalia Jackson. It's just one of those voices, one of those iconic voices for you that, you know, just for me reminds me of my great-grandma Lena and my grandma Ira and just those those warm times running up and down the steps, getting in trouble with uh, Aunt Martha and Uncle Dorsey. You know, fun time, hey, you know, killing Angela, oranges. <laughs> when I think of, um, now, like I said, I like that whole CD. So if you don't have that one, that that's a great one to, to add to your selection. And I used to have it on the album in the 60s. And, of course, I got it on CD later on. And mm-hmm. but there's a I, I love them all. It's really hard to pick one. But there's one called What Child Was and Oh yeah, I have to admit it, it just brings tears to my eyes when I hear that song. And I can play it over and over. Another one is I love her Silent Night. I love Holy Night. But then there's one yeah. she sings called Walking to wow. Jerusalem. And mm-hmm. that's enough. It just has that that rhythm that you know that. That that true African beat in it, you know. At least that's what yeah. I that's what I get out of it, you know. That where it uh-huh. takes you back, and then the way she sings it, and I know a lot of people don't look kindly on the old uh, slave songs, which is where a lot of our I music do. actually comes from, though. I do. You but, still feel the you feel so much of the spirit in that music, and yeah, I know what you're saying. A lot of people don't look kindly on it, but I don't know how you don't feel that. You got a hole in your soul if you can't feel that. That that one, that one, you feel all of them. And and that's it right there is that you feel it. That's music. Yes, you hear it, and you can watch people perform it. But when I listen to her sing those songs, I don't have to have my eyes open. I can hear it. I can feel it. It takes me back. It gets me in the spirit of the season. Maybe it just gets me in the spirit in general. Love those songs. So I would say that probably it would be hard to pick one song, 
but the Mahalia Jackson uh, CD, uh, her Christmas song, is one that I just really, really love. You know, a new favorite of mine is uh, CeeLo Green. He he released a, a Christmas album last year, and I probably talked about it our last Christmas album, but uh, his his rendition of The Grinch, incredible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. But um, a song, a Christmas song that makes me emotional, I don't care who sings it, and, and CeeLo Green has a wonderful uh, rendition of Mary Did You Know. And that mm. Christmas song just messes me up. I I, I, I cannot not cry when I hear uh, Mary Did You Know. And I've heard the country version. I've heard every go- you know every gospel artist has covered that. And, you know, as of late, a lot of the uh, R&B artists are rediscovering that song and um, adding their interpretation to it. Uh, like the last, I would say the last three Christmases, uh, pretty much every Christmas album that I, that I got from a contemporary artist, they did their own rendition of Mary, did you know, but I, that song just makes me emotional. It's beautiful. Now, Angela, when you said that, it, it took me back. Cause remember how I told you that Mahalia Jackson is, I mean, for me, she is just the one when it comes to Christmas songs. She sang mm-hmm. that song. Now, when it's I say she sang that song, you know how people can say, and it's not something that I normally do, but they say, you can say, she sang, she sang that song. Now, she oh, yeah. sang, and that's another one that I, I really don't listen to that one too long. Uh, mm-hmm. I know, it makes you. Boy is another one, but uh, yeah, yeah. that song, it, it gets me uh Ah, uh, and then let it, it be a me. whole night. Mm. I tell mm-hmm. you, yeah, uh, it just hits you square in in this in the middle of your heart, in the middle of your soul. Just the lyrics of Mary, did you know? It, I, I don't know it, that that one. You could pretty much put that on at any time for me. I love to hear it, and it just makes me. You know, this is one of those songs that upsets the church, as my grandmother would say. <laughs> well, so as you can tell, Christmas time is is that's my time for singing. But I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up a little bit from just uh, being back there because now it's not gonna be up to modern times still. But I love me not only Mahalia Jackson, but I also love the emotions. The emotions yeah. has a Christmas song. Yeah, now, if you do. guys you are missing that special day. one, oh, sing it, Angela. Yes. Now, you know I'm a Chicagoan, so it's just certain Chicago songs. Donnie Hathaway, the emotions, what would the lonely do at Christmas? What do the lonely do at Christmas? That is just so much a part of our lexicon. You cannot be in Chicago. I'm sure they've heard it a hundred million times. Shout out to my Chicagoans. Uh, it's just if I, I, you know, I think I will do that. I'll put together a, a, a Christmas playlist of just like all of the songs that we play in Chicago that are done by Chicagoans, and that emotion song is amazing. Their harmonies are just so. 
stuff you whipped up in a bowl in in a, in a really good dream anyway. <laughs> so, you know, I love that song. Just a great song. Now, great iconic Jackson, voices. The Jackson Five had a Christmas album. They that, did. You know, for those of you who like Frosty the Snowman, I'm sure you've heard the Jacksons, Michael Jackson singing Frosty the Snowman. That was one of my favorites. And of course, growing up, had to listen to the chipmunk. Had to have them. Yeah. Yeah. So Christmas was serious with things like Mahalia Jackson, a little more up tempo with uh folks like the uh the Jackson Five, uh loving with the emotions and, and I just mm-hmm. love the emotions to their songs because they're to to their group because they, it it really sort of identified who they were. Yeah. And how they absolutely. sang. And, absolutely. And uh, that that was just awesome to me. And uh, you know, but of course, can't go without the temptation uh, a Christmas CD. Uh, Mariah mm-hmm. Carey. Oh my goodness! All she time bestseller, the all time bestseller Christmas album. Mariah still holds the record for the most, uh, the biggest Christmas song, the biggest Christmas album. I mean, absolutely, that's a modern classic. And of course, you know Stevie Wonder. He had a, yeah. a really nice uh, Christmas uh, CD, Christmas album out, which, of course, I have. And then there was, I believe it's called the Motown Christmas. That's the one with TLC. Mm, that's a great one. Tony Braxton. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it has boys, men on there. Oh, Absolutely. My. And Babyface. Let's not, let's not. One of my all-time favorite Christmas albums is done by Babyface. Fantastic Christmas album. If you have not heard it, please listen to his Christmas album. It is genius. Totally nice. So Christmas is a time for that is about music. But the music, you know, there's, there's that saying, there's a message in the music. Mm-hmm. It probably doesn't make much difference which artist that you listen to, and there's so many, and I'm good to see that uh, most of the uh, mean uh, stream artists, pop artists, soul artists, doesn't make a difference, rock and roll artists. Hey, Elvis Presley even had a, a Christmas CD out. Have that too. Yeah. But yep. it, it, it's the message that's in the music, and it's the message that tells the story. And as I was preparing for the show and I was refreshing myself with Kwanzaa, one of the things that I thought about was wouldn't it be nice how we have all of these Christmas songs, soulful Christmas songs, which are great. But wouldn't it be nice if our artists also did some songs associated with Kwanzaa? Wouldn't that be uh, nice? I mean, think about the That's seven principles very, of Kwanzaa. a very good point that no one, out of all the musical geniuses we have in our midst these days, uh, deserving and, and, and some self-titled, maybe not so deserving yet. Uh, no one has done anything to that theme yet. Can you think of any hit Kwanzaa song? Uh, no. <laughs> I can't. I can't, absolutely. No. 
and that's the thing. And but yeah, so as I was researching it, and I was thinking about what I consider my vast Christmas CD collection. I still have some Christmas uh, albums too. Don't play them right now, but I still have them. But I was thinking, actually, and that's just what I was thinking was, wouldn't it be nice? if we had a bunch of songs associated with Kwanzaa, associated with the seven principles of Kwanzaa, maybe a song on each principle of Kwanzaa, uh, a principle on, you know, the libation statement itself. Maybe we could, somebody could do a song with that. And uh, I just don't know if we have anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I if we do I I'm I'm remiss I I didn't I don't know it. Now um, I do believe there may be an actual Kwanzaa song somewhere. And if, if anybody if knows is, the Kwanzaa song, give us a call three four seven eight two six nine six zero two. What's that, Angela? I said, if there is, it's a shame I don't know it. I would love to hear uh, the Kwanzaa song. I'm pretty sure that there is actually a Kwanzaa song out there. Uh, now, I don't think that it gets, obviously, the type All of the players spotlight. All the players, But I'm pretty sure that there's you. a Kwanzaa song out there. And... How about if we popularize that? So you know how we play Christmas songs. Now I play Chris. I could actually play Christmas songs year round, but I do try to stick to somewhat kind of sort of the traditional holiday season to play. I may sneak one in every once in a while. But wouldn't it be something that we could play those songs and play them up during the Kwanzaa celebration, but also pick certain periods throughout the year? So, for example, when you, when you're playing Kwanzaa or you're thinking about it, you know when they talk about Kuvu uh, Chakalia uh, as an example, and that's My favorite sort of one. right. I, I know that was your favorite one. That's why I threw that one out there. Uh, <laughs> but you know that's talking about self determination, yeah. and suppose there was Plus a song just fun to say. that Plus is just fun to say Kuvu Chakalia. Yes, Kooji Chocolate. But suppose there was a song for Kooji Chocolate. So you know, we got all of these rappers out there. I'm I'm putting this out I'm putting this out into the universe. Let's get a rap song on Kooji Chocolate. Self determination. Because isn't that ultimately what we're striving for, regardless of all the other things that we're trying to get to and we're trying to do? Isn't self determination the ultimate and could you think of a better time for it to be put together for black America right now, you know, which will go global automatically. They watch, you know, the world is watching us always and, you know, giving us credit where credit is due and, you know, holding our feet to the fire to continue to, you know, be vigilant, to be vigilant. And what an incredible time right now to, to make a, a, a go back to to the old school and make a themed album first of all, and make all of the all of the songs complement that theme. 
put together first an overall encompassing song on Kwanzaa and then do each individual principle? That, we just, you look, you, we just hit on a really good, that's a really good one. Somebody need to holler at us. They need to cut us a check, right? <laughs> well, Angela, you, hey, I'm all for the check part now. Uh, but, you know, you, you know a lot of uh, producers and artists out there. And, uh, I mean, like I said, there is a Kwanzaa song, but who knows the Kwanzaa song? As a matter of fact, the, one of the songs that is for us that is probably less well-known than the Black Anthem is the Kwanzaa song. And I tell you. wouldn't it be nice? Of course, we still need to get the black anthem down. But wouldn't it be nice if our artists, our entertainers, entertainers, after all, one of our principles is uh, Kuumba, which is creativity. We are the most That's creative right. people on this planet. So uh, how about we use that principle and we start just busting out a bunch of Kwanzaa songs because you know if you get a good you know you get one of those good catchy lyric type songs rap songs the children will pick it up and they'll they'll be rapping all over the place and they won't know <laughs> that maybe that they're rapping about something like uh Umoja, unity principle of Kwanzaa and, you know Kwanzaa the way it's set up is you know you have the table you have your kente cloth you know you mm-hmm. have your your chalice and you have your your corn you know your your potatoes. You have you know you have your food set out there, right? But then you have right. you know your your uh, your candle holder, and um, in your candle holder, you know your kuumbi. You have that there, and and the first candle is that you light is the center candle, which is the black candle. The black candle, and you light that yeah. candle. And imagine if there was. I mean, it doesn't have to be a rap song. I just use rap because rap <laughs> tends to get the young people, right? And we need to get the young people. We need to attract the young people. But suppose there was a song, songs associated with that. Maybe that would help popularize Kwanzaa uh, in our community and other communities. At the gathering Absolutely. yesterday, and all you know, on Fridays we have a gathering. It's normally at the Westside Bistro. Uh, in North Las Vegas, yesterday we had it at TC's, the famous TC's Rib Crib, ranked 34th in the country of soul food restaurants. And and awesome. we we were there. Yeah, big shout out to uh, Sharon and the crew who who took care of us. Um, but we during our our uh, possibly last gathering of the year. We'll have to see about that uh, since Christmas and New Year's are both on Fridays. But during there, we talked about Kwanzaa a little bit. And a young lady who was there, uh, a young lady who's a mature young lady in years, has been on this planet longer than me. And she acknowledged that she didn't know much about Kwanzaa, didn't wow. really celebrate it, and didn't know much about it. Now, I, you know, I just I happen to, to use I, her as a reference, but there's plenty of others I like to, that. Go ahead, Anthony. I have to give a, a shout-out to Miss Miss Dusabo, 
um, the Sabo Museum in Chicago, and, and Ms. Desadier, a teacher in my uh, sixth grade elementary school. Um, Ms. Desadier discovered, I mean, decided that we as a school were going to celebrate Kwanzaa every year, and we did. Some of us quit kicking and screaming, but it was always one of my favorite uh, assemblies. She she would, you know, she did the whole pageantry, and, and everybody was in the auditorium every day, you know, leading up to our Christmas break and, you know, encouraged to do it at home. Because you know, actually, on the on the during Kwanzaa time, you're on Christmas break, but we would do it the week leading up to Christmas break in school, physically in school. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I realize now as a grown up what a gift that was. You know, it, that it was. really is. Not just as a city, we go to the uh, just this last little bit. Uh, we would go. We go to the DeSabo Museum on the south side of Chicago, which is our. Uh, Black History Museum in Chicago. So many great exhibits there. Uh, one, the first um, African American History Museum in Chicago, and they celebrate Kwanzaa every year as a city. You know, you know, as a larger venue for the city to to come together and celebrate together. Now, when we do this, when we do this show. And we try to do it every year, uh, right before Christmas. Yeah. Uh, one, so we can talk about the the concept, the idea of Christmas. And this year, Christmas took on a little, you know, in, in that concept, we had this whole uh, blackout boycott thing for Black Friday, which turned into, no, we're going to do this thing until the first of the year. And at the <coughs> gathering yesterday, one of the other things that, I can't, you know, we brought up was how is that working? And one of the reasons why I asked that is because I have heard like nothing about it. It was all over right. Facebook and uh, Twitter, Google Plus, and then all of a sudden Black Friday came and went, and that came and went. And I don't hear anything about the blackout, the boycott. And maybe that's a shame. Because Kwanzaa really embodies that. Because there's a principle associated with what that boycott is supposed to be associated with. And Brian Harris from the Las Vegas Black Book came by the gathering yesterday. And you know that Brian is like, he's, he's like one of them traveling preachers with, with, his, with his road show. And I give that brother credit because he is committed because he is constantly on black empowerment, black economic empowerment and development. But there is actually a principle that goes on uh, along with this, and that is Ujamaa, and and that's corporate economics. Uh, That's really what Brian is talking about. Uh, That's where we support ourselves. You know, we have our own businesses and shops. And, you know, we hire our own people. So there's a principle in closet that's associated with what Brian is talking about. Now, just imagine Absolutely. if we talked about that principle again year-round and there was a song or a song associated with it. And I, I'm going to go back to creativity again. It's being the most creative people on earth that people have made 
untold hundreds of millions of dollars on our creativity. I'm suggesting we use that creativity to help bolster Tickler Holiday, uh, get it on the map a little bit more. And I really think that these holidays, whether we're talking Christmas or Kwanzaa, yes, because some people say, well, you know, I do this all year round. And maybe they do. If they say they do, I'm guessing that they do. And then there's some people who say they just don't celebrate any of them. And I understand that. Uh, there are some people who don't celebrate it because it has an association with religion. This is Christmas. And, yes, that's true. I mean, the very term Christmas, Christ and Mass, a Mass for Christ. Uh, so, okay, I get that. But what about the principles themselves, though? What about the idea of giving, a time that you set aside that <laughs> we're not thinking of the me, we're not thinking of I, but we're thinking of you, we're thinking of them. We're thinking about what we can do for someone else. We should do that year-round, but we all know that these things are kind of high-level thoughts, and high-level thoughts take a high level of activity that most people, it's just not humanly possible to do those, to be at that heightened state, state all along. So you set aside moments and opportunities to do these things where you focus on. And Christmas, followed up by Kwanzaa, is that time where you can focus on that. So I would tell people, you know, I know that you may not celebrate it, and I know you say you do it all year, and that's okay. But is there really anything wrong with using this time to focus on it? And maybe maybe the Christmas is you do a little bit more because if you're doing a little bit all year, you're doing a little bit because you have a job, you have families, you have a bunch of things, right, going on. But this is a time to set aside where you can do more. So, yes, maybe you are doing it year-round, and that's good, and that's the way it should be. But this season, though, gives us an opportunity to do even more. 347-826-9600, we're talking about, Christmas and Merry Christmas to you all. And we're also talking about Kwanzaa because Kwanzaa starts, as I'm sure you all know, December 26th. There it is. And, you know, so now I, I do want to spend, before we go totally on Kwanzaa, we're going to go back and forth with these two uh, because I want to show you how they're kind of interrelated. And you know, Kwanzaa, we say it's an African-American holiday. And then Christmas, not so much. And we talk about Santa Claus, right? And, and we say things. But what if I told you that maybe Santa Claus isn't who you think Santa Claus is? Hmm. Suppose I told you that Santa Claus, and as a, first of all, suppose I told you that Santa Claus had a helper. What about that? And that Santa Claus's helper just happened to be a black man. Bam. That's right. The origins of Santa Claus. You know, we have stockings, right, where we hang over the mantelpiece 
oftentimes for those who have mantelpieces and fireplaces. And in those stockings, you hope to get some little gifts. Some people get to go into their stocking and open some of their gifts on Christmas Eve, right? Right. But, of course, when you go into your stockings, you're never expecting the big gift. You know, you're expecting the the gift from the 99 cent store in your stocking. And uh, maybe a few dollars, you're expecting the big boxes to have the big gifts. But in the old days, in the old days of celebrating Christmas and their version of Santa Claus, did you know that they used shoes? <clears throat> shoes. Everyday shoes. Clogs probably is what they wore back then. Hmm. And that's where they got their gifts. How uncute. Well, uncute for us today, but probably <laughs> right on time for those back then. So, for example, just to show you yeah. the differences in times and how we celebrate, when I grew up, we our, we had a Christmas tree. It was a Christmas tree that we went into the woods. City people call it forest. But we went into the woods, and we would find our Christmas tree. And we would have an axe. We would chop that tree down, and it was always us boys. Then we would drag that Christmas tree back to the house, put it in a stand. And my grandmother, on usually she did this on the wood heater, would pop popcorn that she had prepared and saved for this particular case. And she would pop popcorn on the wood heater. And I, lo- I love the smell of the popcorn mm. on that wood heater. And not only would you hear the popcorn popping, but you could hear the wood in the heater popping. Really, I mean, it's just one of those memories that you always keep. And then she would take a needle and sewing thread, and she would go through this freshly popped popcorn. And, of course, she had to pop extra because we weren't to eat them. And, <laughs> and she would, that was how we, that was our garland. That was our garland for our Christmas really? tree. Was popcorn, freshly popped, I may add. But yes, but it was, and you know, going back to Kwanzaa, on the Kwanzaa table, when they do the Kwanzaa setup, it's maize that's a part of that setup, corn. And unbeknownst to us then, that that would be a symbol of Kwanzaa. And I wondered, wow, is this something that we inherited here in America? Is, or is this something that had been passed down from generation to generation to my grandmother? I, I never even thought to ask that question. That's just the way it was. But, yes, that was our garland. So now today, of course, we know we go and buy garland. We get the shimmery stuff. And, you know, I don't know if many people use as much garland as they used to on a Christmas tree, but – Garland was used to be a staple on Christmas trees. For us, it was popcorn. For people today, it's either the real thing or something else. And, you know, one of the other things that people in the 60s, we used to get those silver shimmery strips, and we used to put that on the Christmas tree. And it was reminiscent of icicles because, of course, your Christmas tree is supposed to look like it's outside in the snow, in the cold. And so when when I moved to the city, 
we had the real garland, gold and silver, as we call it, and we had the icicles on it that always made a mess. And, of course, we had the bulbs. The, and and the, back then it was the big bulbs, you know, the ones that always, you had to always replace the bulbs because, you know, if one would go out, there was a certain one, all the rest of them went out. So I had really fond memories of, of Christmas, and it was a family activity. Putting up the Christmas tree was a family activity. And one of the traditions that not only do I buy, usually buy a Christmas CD every year, but I also buy a Christmas uh, ornament, and I try to get one every year to add to the tree because it becomes a symbol, and when you see it, it represents that year and the things that's happened in that year, both good and bad. So those are some of the ways that I celebrate Christmas and have celebrated Christmas. And so a lot of money is spent on the preparation of Christmas whether it's the setting up of your Christmas tree, uh, you buy a wreath, and one of the things that's popular today is to go out and to build a wreath. And you can see pictures on Pinterest and and other sites, Facebook, where people have have built a wreath. And I actually have a custom-made wreath this year, and it's uh, it's beautiful. So I even have a Christmas-scented candle in my house, aromatherapy, because I love the season of Christmas. And the season of Christmas means so much to me. And each year, there's something maybe different about Christmas. And as this Christmas approaches, this one is a special one. About 18 years ago, this Christmas, I was in Korea. And I was there for 12, was it 12 months or 15? It was a long time, and I was away from family. But while I was in Korea, I had an opportunity to meet some amazing people. And some of them I'm still in contact with today, and one of them has really become my best friend. I mean, really, my best friend. And I'm so thankful for that Christmas. So as Christmas approaches, it gives me a chance to reflect on that. You know, Christmas is about friendships. It's about relationships. And this is that time of the year where you definitely want to have a combination of both, friendships and relationships. And then family, because ultimately it is about the extension of a family. And in this case, it's the extension, the extension of that Christmas family of Christ the Savior who was born for those who believe in it. So Christmas, a very special time of year reflected in music, the money that we spend in decoration, the time spent, and as talked about time earlier, all that is Christmas. What does Christmas mean to you? Personally, what does Christmas mean to you? How do you celebrate Christmas? Do you celebrate Christmas? And it doesn't even make any difference what faith you're in or whether you believe in the biblical Christmas story. But what is, how about the Christmas idea of giving of oneself 
giving of one thing. I look at it as almost a sacrifice. And maybe one of the greatest sacrifices that you can make. And the reason for that is how many of you would give up one of your children? How many of you would deliver your children into an environment that you knew one day would take your child? Well, so it's talking about the ultimate level of giving and sacrifice. You know, for those of us who are going through this time in the 21st century, I think that with as many trials and tribulations that we've had in America, we're going to look back at this time, and it may go by the era name of trials, of trials. And there's a lot of people who are hurting during this time, especially as we talk about Christmas. You know, many of us, you know, we save up money, and for those fortunate, they just have the money to go and spend on gifts for family, friends, other relatives. But what about the folks who just don't even have a job, who may not know where their next meal is coming from? For some reason, people tend to be a little more generous this time of the year, and they help those folks out. And that's a good thing. And this is something that definitely needs to be expanded, that 365 that Angelo was talking about. In America, it's kind of an embarrassment that we have 20% of our children who don't know where their next meal is coming from. And as we have all of these Christmas shows for those children who get to have Christmas, what they're seeing constantly and being almost maybe bombarded with it is a bunch of other people celebrating something that they don't have. And I can only imagine what that that's like. When I was growing up in Carolina, we'd go out and get that Christmas tree and have that popcorn for garland that my grandmother popped and she strung. That was a big deal. And I didn't know about the prefabricated silver garland and gold garland. I didn't know about all that. So it didn't resonate with me and it didn't make a difference. But what I did know was what we had. And more than anything, because Christmas time for us, I, I share this every year, Christmas time for us, oftentimes, our Christmas gift was fruit. Our Christmas gift was nuts, pecans, walnuts, uh, black walnuts, Brazil nuts. That was my Christmas present, was, was fruit and nuts. Now, when we got those Christmas presents, we were happy to get them. It was a big deal. Now, mind you, by the corner of the house, we had a walnut tree. We had a black walnut tree. <laughs> so if you follow where I'm going, those nuts that I got for Christmas, <laughs> I could have walked outside and got the nuts myself. But somebody else did. Put it in a nice little sack. Not, not the fancy Christmas packaging, and I think it was actually in a sock. And I was happy to get those nuts. Occasionally, we were fortunate enough 
that my mother could bring home some oranges from where she worked. And on a really good Christmas, she would bring home tangerines. And the tangerines were just so sweet. They were smaller. They were easier to peel, though, easier to peel than oranges. But that was my Christmas. So Christmas was, as far as Thanksgiving, was not like today. Stuff that my mom got from the people whose home she took care of. The nuts came off the tree outside the house. The tree came from the woods that we owned. The garland, the decoration for the trees came from the maize that my grandmother had saved and dried and and popped on the stove. But we were happy because we were together as family. What what is some of your like Angela, what's some of your Christmas traditions that you remember growing up, whether you still do them today or it was something unique to that time? Food, 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 food. I come from a foodie family. My mother cooked everything under the sun, I'm pretty sure, just everything. I, I Cooking is the time that you spend with your loved ones uh, in, in session, in those kitchen sessions. The laughter, the 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 joy, the smells, you know, every all everything um, around our holiday celebration had to do with sharing a meal with one another. Uh, I was upset the other day, thinking of my grandmother um, spending that time baking with her. She was a baker. She was a baker. She loved to bake. And um, my favorite thing that she baked, she baked many things, pies, custard pie. Oh, man, I was thinking about custard pie the other day, her custard pie the other day. Um, but my favorite thing for her to bake was this cream cheese pound cake. Talking mm. about make your teeth slap your brains out good <laughs> and just, Lick the bowl good. You know, you remember when your grandmother used to give you the bowl? You'd be happy to have it. So, you know, this time of year always makes me miss her, miss her her input. That's when we got to uh, pour into those bowls, those simple ingredients. You know, she familiarized me with the history of, of pound cake, why... You know, why pound cake is in, important to the black community, how it came to be. Do you know that story? Uh, feel free to share it with everybody. Uh, the pound cake came about because, you know, you wanted something sweet and you, you know, you just had a the simple ingredients, pound of sugar, pound of butter, pound of flour, and, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the reason they call it pound cake. There's more to that story, but... That's that's basically the history of the pound cake. It was simple ingredients you had in your house that you could make something something up quick, sweet for the family, you know, a sweet treat for the family to have. So, you know, every every holiday memory is is based around food for me. And spending that time preparing it was a lot like uh, Saturday 
afternoon getting that pressing curl because you, you weren't just getting your hair done. You weren't just baking that custard pie during the holiday. You were being filled with that that mother wit, that wisdom, that uh, what they call common sense. And, you know, family family tradition, family history, that pound cake is so interesting to me that in my family now the pound cake recipe has been taken up and taken over by the men in my life. My husband makes it uh for in, in our in our in our kitchen and my brother makes it at for his family and at his home. So it's just interesting to me, you know, as 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 a female child, you you kinda think that the boys aren't paying attention, they may be a little bored, but you know, you you'd be amazed how how those traditions are are so easily passed on to you guys too and maybe, you know, it's just under under talked about, but it's just interesting to me that the men in my, my family have taken up her love for baking, dishing on to the next generation of kids in, in our family. Well, as you talked about the pound cake, the, and you're absolutely right, the traditional pound cake is just that. It is a pound of butter, flour, sugar, and eggs. And that's called, you know, for us Southerners, that's the American South style of pound cake. And, of yes. course, there's various, you know, there's different variations of the pound cake. But, yep, sure. that is the pound cake. And, you know, you know who popularized the pound cake? Us African-Americans. African-Americans. Uh, who was the one cooking the pound cakes and fixing them? So, of course, we became experts with pound cake. And pound cake is my favorite cake. People ask what what's pound too. cake. Uh, followed it's, very closely by something that we call in North Carolina the tea cake. And many people in the southern regions uh, are familiar with tea cake. So pound cakes and tea cakes, and basically a tea cake is almost a smaller form of a, of a pound cake. Uh, mm-hmm. a little bit different though But th- those are my favorite forms of cake And I-, I like to have them So, you know, we think about the holidays And you think about family You think about food And see, the significance of food behind the holidays Is food because your memory is tied to your sense of smell When you smell yeah. something, it invokes memory So when you have these celebrations and you have food the food, yes, is there for you to eat. It's there for you to have something to do with your hands so you're not slapping each other. But it's also there to help solidify the memory of that particular event, that ceremony, that celebration. Uh, in ancient times, what people used to do for memory, to commemorate an event, was they would strike you. They might slap you. I'm so much happier that now they just use food to help solidify those memories of it. So Christmas time, Kwanzaa, how do you all celebrate either or both? 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600, press option one to talk. We asked earlier what's some of your favorite Christmas songs, Christmas music, uh, Kenny G. Had a Christmas mm-hmm. CD 
that was slamming. I mean, it was just awesome. But, you know, Andrew, I talked about this last year, and I don't know if you got it last year. I think I might have mentioned the year before that. But someone who's more associated with hip uh excuse me, not hip-hop, but someone who's much more associated with soul music, disco music, popularized it, actually, sort of became an icon for it, Miss Donna Summer. If you have not heard her Christmas CD, you are missing out. Now, we won't be the Donna Summer that you used to hear on Love to Love You Baby. This is a totally different. This is the vocalist, Donna Summer. And she, that's, a phenomenal that's another one of those CDs that I can, just, I mean, I can do a lot of them like that, but I can just put that in and play. Uh, so if you, I don't know if you've had that one yet, Angela. Maybe you can pull that yeah. up on one of the streaming services. But look for Donna Summer's Christmas CD. Now, whenever I, I talk about the I'm also going to remind us of where is our Kwanzaa song. Where is our Kwanzaa? You know, we got Curtis Blow who had a, a Christmas uh, rap song way back in the day. As a matter of fact, I believe he may have came out with the first one. Where's our Kwanzaa stuff? I'm, I'm, if anybody knows it, please post it. Because I, I posted the one that I, the only one that I'm aware of. So if you guys know of something, would would like to see it. But well, that's one more Kwanzaa. I'm not aware. Go ahead. Andrew. I said it's one more than me, Rodney. I, I'm not aware of the Kwanzaa song, but I, I, we definitely came up with a brainstorm on this broadcast. Somebody get the Kwanzaa album out on the market right away. You ain't got but a few more days, so hurry up. So that like you got, and if you don't make it for this year, have that baby ready for next year. Uh, so. Christmas is associated with family. It's associated with decorations. It's associated with food. We have music. And then we get into Kwanzaa. Now, Christmas seems to be more universal. Kwanzaa seems to be, you know, it was created for the African American. But it's not well, it's not widely known, even in the African American community. And one of the reasons why we like to do this show is to talk about uh, Kwanzaa a little bit And to share Kwanzaa With all of you You know Dr. Karinga Is the founder of Kwanzaa And really What it, what it means Is First fruit For those of you who may wonder You know well, what is what is Kwanzaa Is that just a native word Well it means first fruit or harvest And, and when I hear that it you know, as much as Kwanzaa was supposed to be something separate from Christmas, there's a lot uh-huh. of it that is reminiscent of Christmas. Because, sure, yeah. you know, you're talking about, you know, the birth of Jesus, God's first son. And many would call him the first fruits. It says that we're supposed to give of our first, our which is our most important, our most cherished and precious, right? Well, here it is in Kwanzaa. And I wondered when Dr. Karinga was putting this together, how much did he look at Christmas, if at all? And did he try to sort of imbue it with some stuff associated with Christmas so it wouldn't be so foreign to us 
and will be easily easier accepted. Now, I don't know if that's the case. It's just musing on my part. But I, but I have wondered about that because I do see a lot of similarities. Now, some people will say, hey, similarities, anything good, you're going to see similarities in it because it's good. Uh, so, Kwanzaa, meaning first fruit, is what Dr. Karinga came up with, and that's how we celebrate it. Uh, it started roughly in 1966-67 uh, time frame. It typically runs, or it actually runs, December 26th, so it starts the day after Christmas, so you can get your, you don't have to worry about violating any of your religious stuff. You can get your Christmas on, and then you can go right into celebrating Kwanzaa on December 26th is when it starts. And then it goes on until January 1st. And remember, the very first, uh, it, it does have a candle, and it's seven candles. The candles are red, black, and green. And those, the, the candle uh, represents something. The uh, candle holder is also kind of reminiscent of the Christmas tree because the Christmas tree has green and it's, it's usually has some red on there. And, you know, so there are obviously some similarities. Um, some of the other decorations is usually you have kente cloth. And for those of you who may not be familiar with kente cloth, uh, it's, I mean, there's actually various colors of kente cloth. Uh, somewhat traditionally, people normally think of the the orange uh, you know, it's a black cross stitch pattern uh, with kente cloth, and you and you have it on a, uh, you know, you have a, a table uh, where this stuff is set out on, and it's usually a, a feast associated with it. Uh, I pronounce it kum, uh, karam, karamu is what's called the feast. Uh, there's oftentimes uh, performances there because remember. We are the most artistic people. We are creativity, Umba. Uh, and you set your table up with the things that are representative of the, the feast. Uh, some people use different things. Uh, and I guess that's okay. Uh, but there are some things that are normally associated with it, uh, corn uh, being one of them. So if you know, dried corn. Now, some people use plastic, right? And I say that plastic is better than nothing. But if you can get the real fruit, try to use the real fruit. If you can get some real corn, you know, try to use some real corn. So you're going to have your fruit, uh, potatoes, uh, something uh, associated with Africa, not actually native to America. Uh, that's a part of it. And you you have your your table set out. You have your uh, canora, the candle holder. 
Uh, again, the first candle is a black candle. And black as in the color of the flag, and that's something else that you want to have. Some people call it the, the Marcus Garvey flag, uh, the black nationalist flag. It goes by different uh, names. But you want to have your flag there. Uh, so, and the colors of the candles are red, black, and green. The middle candle, the first candle, is the black candle. And the black candle representing the first principle of Umoja. And Umoja is unity. Uh, matter of fact, the phrase is success starts with unity. So if we're trying to have success, if we're trying to do something, and we don't have unity, then we're probably not going to have success. So the first candle being the black candle, which represents the unity, and it's unity of people, unity of mind, spirit, because it all starts with unity. Without unity, where can you go? It is, I use the analogy of, let's say you had a two-headed snake. Each head is pointed in a different direction. And each one of those heads is trying to go in the direction in which it is pointed. Either it will have equal force and go no place, maybe even rip itself apart in trying to go in opposite directions. So we must have unity. We must have umoja in order to succeed. And when it talks about that, and I like the way they break it down because in umoja, it talks about, because remember, this is about first groups, right? But one of the things that it talks about is you have to have unity of family, and it breaks it down, unity of family, which is first, then community, right? You can't have that unless you have the first thing. So that's the first candle. And then we have the other candles. You have red on one side. You have black on, oh, excuse me, green on one side. Typically the red is on the left side. The green is on the right side. And you alternate each day lighting one of those candles. And each candle has a a meaning. This wouldn't this be nice, Angela? You know how we how you have the big Sunday uh dinners, or at least some people do. Yeah. And maybe on a Sunday you could pick any day. But we pick a Kwanzaa candle to light and to reflect on during that time. You know, usually somebody mm-hmm. gives a long prayer anyway, right? So how about that right. time where you reflect on one of those things, and then that became a routine. You know, the, Lord knows we routine reinjected into the family uh, model again. You know, you know how many, how many, uh, how many folks Sunday dinner saved. You know that movie Soul Food is real talk. Saved the black community completely. Saved a lot of a lot of black men and women from, you know, probably hurting somebody or doing something that would yield a bad harvest in their life. Um, we need to get back tradition. 
folks need to, you know, probably start cooking again. <laughs> well, Angie, you actually make a good point because when you look at the, because it's like they have the seven principles of Kwanzaa, it also has the seven symbols of Kwanzaa. And one of those mm-hmm. symbols of Kwanzaa, uh, Mazel, is the crop. And that's what the corn sort of represents. Right. Yeah. And, you know, because, like you said, that is a harvest. And in that harvest, in those days, and even in days of growing up on the farm myself, a harvest was a family event. Could could even be a community event. But for sure it was a family event. And what they used to say is, I got to go home and, you know, take in the harvest. All right. That's what you were doing. You you were going home, you were collectively, so you were using another principle of, of Kwanzaa before Kwanzaa was invented, to collectively work together to bring in this thing that would be beneficial for that family, which in turn was beneficial for the village. So each one of these symbols in Kwanzaa does represent something, and the the corn symbol in corn, that's what it represents. Of course, I talked about the mat, which is called the makika, uh, and it's a symbol of tradition and history. So since it's a mat and it lays typically flat, can be draped, it represents the foundation of which we build. And the reason why that's important is everything that we're doing is involved building something, whether it's building our families, building our lives, building our homes, building our business, building our careers, Right? It's building something. Right. And in order to build anything, you have to have a foundation for it to grow, to be your base. And that mat that's usually made of kente cloth is what represents that building, what represents that foundation. And you and you have to have it. Uh, so as you Absolutely. can see, each item in the Kwanzaa celebration has a meaning. The Kenora, the candle holder, we talked about it earlier. If you look at the Kenora, and let's say you had the candles kind of welded in, and you turned it upside down. So let's just imagine that you had the candles hanging out now, and they're upside down. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, it sort of looks like the roots of a tree. And so the Kenora... Represents our roots So that's the important So it's not just lights And it's not just decoration It actually has greater symbology Associated with it And it's the roots of our people It's also Our parents And it goes back to the roots Of the continent of Africa From which we come So the Kenora when you look at it, no, it's not just a candle holder. It is representative of our roots. Uh, another way of saying corn is the Mahandani, the Mahandati. Uh, and it's a symbolic of our children and our future. And, you know, our children should be our future. Our children should be one of our greater accomplishments. 
again, you have to have something before you have children, some type of foundation, and the foundation is usually a relationship, man and woman. So this, to me, encourages us to do things in a particular order. You don't build the house from the top down, right? You do it in a certain order. Sometimes we get away from order. Now, Angela, as I've gone through some of those, has anything stuck out to you? Just how important it is to um, spread the tradition of Kwanzaa and how enriching it has already been to the to the black community and how enriching, especially after the year we've had. You know, we're going to do a year review show soon dealing with the, the, the top news stories this year. And, you know, black America is at a crossroads, a a a moment where we are we are in a moment right now. And you know, I I just can't think of a, a better year to really highlight Kwanzaa and use it as an opportunity to bring the people together and bring a, a healing moment um, to punctuate the, the, the year and to start the new year and the new work that we have to do in uh, coming 2016 started with a healing moment, a, a, a rejoicing moment, a moment to really dig deep within your own tree in your own household, but to be doing that at the same time as the whole community is doing that, that's energy, that's a vibration that will reverberate and, and come back to all of us. Well, of course, when you have the Kenora, the candle holder, which represents our roots of our people, you also have the seven candles, and they are not just called candles. They are derived from an African name, too, and it's uh, Mishumas, and these are symbols of the Naguso Saba, which is the seven principles, mm-hmm. and each candle representing one of those principles, with the black candle representing the people, and then, of course, we have the red and we have green candles. And the green is representative of our hope and our future. Because remember, everything uh, everything has a meaning. And we have to have hope. When we lose hope, we sort of lose everything. So the, the hope part is very important. And I hope my hope is that as you're uh, lighting those candles, that you do take a moment to recognize, again, the meaning and the symbology of it. Because those meanings, like I said, are important. Uh, the red candle represents the struggle. And, you know, I don't know why I haven't found that in the research yet. I need to dig deeper. 
But I was wondering if they picked red because of oftentimes when you struggle, you bleed, you hurt. And, of course, as you can tell, these colors coincide with the black nationalists, the the Garvey uh, flag. And the red was for the blood. It was for the people. So I was wondering if that's how I haven't found anything yet that talks about that specifically, but I do wonder if that's why it was. So the red represents the struggle. So when you're lighting the red candle and you're going to light it three days, you get a chance to focus on the struggle for three days. You're going to get a chance to focus when you use the green candle on the future. And Kwanzaa really is about the future. It's a reflection of the past, right? But it is forward-leaning. Moving forward, it's not. It to me, it's saying we shouldn't be standing still. We should be constantly striving to move forward. So now you have some ideas about the candles. You got an idea of the candle holder, but we're not done yet because. And and remember, candles, Ms. Uh, Huma Saba, and then you have. The Unity Cup, and this is setting up for Kwanzaa. You have the Unity Cup, the Kikombi, Chayumaja, Yumoja, the Kikombi, Chayumoja, the Unity Cup. And this is a symbol of, it's the foundation principle and practices of unity because there's a, a time in the Kwanzaa celebration when you have a, a li- uh, you do a libation, and the libation kind of takes us back in reflection on why we're here. It talks about the ancestors, and before you do that, you ask permission to speak. When you do the libation, you use the unity cup, the kikombi shayumoja. So, just like the seven principles, there's Seven symbols, and the seventh symbol, and then I wondered when I when when you go over this again, you want the biblical principle to talk about the seven signs, right? The number seven tends to be important. Mm-hmm. So, and the seventh symbol, and we never really go into these symbols. So this year we always talk about the principle. So this year, for the show, I wanted to talk about the symbol, and the symbol, the final symbol. It's the gift, uh, Zawadi. And it's the symbols of labor, love of the parents. It's the commitment made and kept by the children. One of the things that I like to add to my, my Kwanzaa table is books. Because the books, to me, represent this particular symbol, Zawadi. And, of course, the seven principle of Kwanzaa is Imani, which is faith. It's believing in our people, our families, our educators, believe it or not, our leaders, and the righteousness of the African-American struggle that is known all over the world. So the Zawadi, the gift-giving, this is something that I like to use books as my sort of additional symbol for that. And you can do different things. 
So Kwanzaa is representative and it's full of symbology. You know, you don't have to have the whole thing. Maybe you can build one thing more each year as I add one more CD to my Christmas collection, one more ornament to my tree. If you're not able to get the whole Kwanzaa, get a piece of it. And just like we have the nativity scene, maybe you can have a Kwanzaa table or a Kwanzaa area in your house. You know, Angela, the celebration of Kwanzaa is still growing. Hopefully in the show today there was something that I've shared with the listeners that will be of benefit to them in setting up their Kwanzaa table and their celebration and maybe give them a continuation of Christmas in reflection. And I hope that there was something that, because I get something out of it every year when I research it, when we talk about it. And as we end our show today, I was wondering, Angela, how would you sum up what you've gotten out of our conversation today of Christmas and of Kwanzaa, and especially with a focus on the symbols of of the table for Kwanzaa this year? The symbol of the, the 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 number seven cannot be ignored in its significance uh, spiritually and physically. But the the number seven is the number of completion and perfection. Um, that's important. It's mentioned over eight hundred times in 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 biblical text. So. You know, sevenfold, and just seven is very important and very significant. Um, what I got out of today, like I said, thing thing I'm 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 most looking forward to giving this year is time. I was give I, I've been blessed to be afforded the gift of time. The only thing I've done longer than the thirteen million minutes I've spent in Plus, then, if my marriage is the only things I've done uh, longer is is my own personal life and parenting. And when I think about the significance of being able to see my grandchildren at at an age and at a at a time in my physicalness. Uh, that I can run and play and laugh and understand their music and get where they're coming from. Um, the significance of time for me this year is important. It's not promised to everyone. I lost a lot of people this year. Um, just got word that you know one of one of the one of the someone significant in my professional career in Chicago passed away. Um, rest in peace to DJ Timbuktu, one of Chicago's greatest. But, you know, it reinforces what we what I've been talking about here today. Um, time is something you can't buy in nobody's department store. So make the most of it and, you know, realize that it is not afforded to everyone and once it's up, it's up. So does it mean the most to you and make the most of what y'all have together in that time that you're sharing? So that's what I'm getting out of this holiday. That's what I'm getting for the holiday, and that's what I'm giving for the holiday time. Seven, our week 
is seven days. Seven is a number of completion. Seven is a number of divinity. We have seven principles of Kwanzaa, and also we have seven symbols on the Kwanzaa table. Seven. Angela said it's time. What would you do with your time? What would you complete this year? What would you work towards completing? As people, we know we have a lot of work to do as a country, as a nation, but also as a people within a people, as African Americans, a part of Americans, we have work to do. One of the things that I got was that you have to have a foundation and you have to constantly build and move forward. You don't look day back, but you look back to understand where you should be going and how to get there. Seven. Seven principles of Kwanzaa, seven symbols of Kwanzaa. How will we move forward? How will we use these principles of Kwanzaa to get us to be what we should be? Not focus on what we don't have, what is being done to us, but what we do have and how we can use that to get what we should have in spite of whatever else, the struggle, the red candle. The idea is to get past the red candle. Thank you for listening to Our Own Voices Live today as we talked about Christmas and we talked about Kwanzaa. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish you a Happy Kwanzaa, Feliz Navidad, Happy Hanukkah, and any other of those celebrations this time of year. I thank you all for giving up your time to listen to this show so that our time in presenting this show and preparing for the show is not time that we wasted, but is a benefit to some of you. Next week, we will be talking about the end of the year and some things that happened this year, but we'll also do projections for next year. What can we complete next year? We'll be back on 12.30 p.m., Next Saturday. Three thirty. I hope that you'll join. Yes. And think about pound cakes. <laughs> One Make pound of each. <laughs> <laughs> Angela, thank you so much. A Merry Christmas from my family to your family. Wishing you uh, a Merry Christmas and into the new year. Thank you so much for giving up your time throughout this year to at least fifty-two weeks. Sharing your time and producing this show. We're rounding out into this year. I can't believe it. It seemed like we just did this a few minutes ago, uh, rounding out 2014. Now we're completing 2015. Thank you so much and Merry Christmas to your family. And um, I want to say Merry Christmas to all my friends. All of you are my friends. Everybody that listens to the, the broadcast as we're doing it and those that listen to the podcast at their leisure this year, you know. All I can do is exhale. It's been one heck of a year, and I want to thank you for your patronage and and time spent with me and Rodney and everyone that's calling in and, and, and giving their sharing their thoughts and information. So be on the other side. Let's make it a great week. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Merry Christmas.